good, bitter best, never let it rest until the good becomes better and the better becomes best. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Craig Steger. Today's topic is, is divorce and remarriage the only unforgivable sin? And um, this is something I've maybe mentioned before. I know I've talked about it uh, in certain contexts before. Um, maybe I haven't really done an episode on it. But, and it, it this issue came up again because... I think last night or this morning, I was listening to a podcast episode of Dr. Taylor Marshall. I suspect there's a fair amount of my audience that has heard of him. Um, he is um, a very, uh, very conservative, traditional um, QAnon type uh, Catholic. Uh, I think he's a former protestant who became catholic and uh has a pretty big following online is very close with the likes of like let's say father altman and um and, the, and those folks so um <clears throat> i listened to him um more so out of morbid curiosity because i just find most of what he says just to be not all that relatable to me not saying he's wrong but i just don't um 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have related to him a lot more than I do now, but I just, I find most of what he says to be just not kind of, kind of where I'm at in my life. But so he was, um, he did an episode and he, he's, what's interesting about him is he, he, he sort of has this passive aggressive approach to the Pope and whatever, where he, sort of floats these conspiracy theories and he floats these pretty um, significant attacks on the Pope without like directly endorsing them himself, but I'm pretty certain he, he does. Um, and this is another example. So I'm going to play for you a, I apologize. I, I debated on how much to play, but to give you the full full of content context it's about four four and a half minutes worth of that so i'm going to play that <clears throat> i may pause it to comment comment or i may just play through it so just bear with me so i'm going to try and play a section of his podcast and comment on it uh so let's get him going here so here goes father jesus jesus mary number one on the 19th of March, 2016, says Father. And just for context, since I cut off the first seven minutes of it, uh, this is a priest who has been suspended. Not sure what that means, um, but he wrote a letter stating what he has identified as 10 heresies of Pope Francis. And so he writes this letter uh, being very critical of the Holy Father as well as many other bishops and cardinals, but this is essentially a letter 
uh, detailing his 10 accusations of heresy against the Pope, and this is one section of that. So he's essentially reading, here again, he's reading uh, the letter of a priest who accuses the Pope of, of heresy, and so that's what's going on right now. His father, Jesus Mary. On the subject of remarried divorcees, you stated that, quote, in such situations, many people knowing and accepting the possibility of living as brothers and sisters, which the church offers them, point out that in certain expressions of intimacy are lacking, it often happens that faithfulness is endangered and the good of the children suffers, end quote. Amoris Laetitia, note 329. I always remember that note because I was born March 29th, 329, so it's easy for me to remember the footnote. Footnote 329, Amor. And these are quotes attributed to the Pope. I haven't fact-checked them. I don't have any reason to believe that these <clears throat> statements by the Pope are, be, are, are inaccurate. I'm sure they were originally given in Italian or maybe Spanish or something like that. But So this priest is detailing specific quotes of the Pope and then essentially accusing him of heresy. The idea here is if you're not validly married, the church calls you to live as brother and sister. But then Pope Francis says, well, there's not certain expressions of intimacy. It's lacking. And for the sake of the children, that couple must have relations. I don't see that logic in St. Alphonsus Liguori or St. Thomas Aquinas great moral theologians. I don't see that. But for Francis, that's his new remix. I'm going to stop here. Yeah, I'm sure you won't find anything like that in St. Alphonsus the Glory. And if you don't follow those guys, especially St. Alphonsus the Glory, yeah, those guys uh, scare, should scare the bejeebies out of anyone. I don't care how holy you are. And so that's really where I start to diverge from the likes of talk, uh, Dr. Marshall is if you're going to judge everything by by something that what I would say is one of the most ext extreme saints, such as St. Alphonsus Liguori, yeah, you're going to find... Uh, you're you're going to find very ans answers that are very black and white and very... Um, what's the word I want to use? <laughs> um, unsympathetic <laughs> to the plights of, of people, uh, myself included. So let's go ahead and continue. Father Jesus Mary goes on. On the 5th of September, 2016, with the bishops of the pastoral region of Buenos Aires, you affirmed, quote, the commitment to live in continents can be proposed. Amoris Laetitia does not ignore the difficulties of this option, the mentioned option may not, in fact, be feasible. So he's saying here, the grace of God given to people in baptism and confirmation may not be enough for a man and a woman not to have sexual relationships which are not ratified by holy matrimony. And the, even the language in which he uses here Francis is the 
uh, the commitment to live in continents can be proposed. Previously, it was that was the discipline of the church. You know, it's not the ten proposals on Mount Sinai with Moses. It's the Ten Commandments. That's what I what was taught. Was that what y'all were taught? I'm going to stop it there and comment on, on this. Um, this is really probably my the main rub of kind of my sort of feeling on this and Jonah, probably. Jonah's not here to comment on it, but... You know, so essentially in this, I think it was more Taylor Marshall was saying that by, you know, because the Pope's words, you know, I thought it may not be feasible. I think that makes really good practical sense. I mean, I think just from my own experience, um, you know, as we've shared on prior episodes, uh, for us married men, you know, it can be a struggle to go a week without intimacy, without falling into some some sort of sin or just being driven crazy, much less weeks or months. And there are people that have had to endure that. And uh, Joan has talked about that. And it's extreme um, spiritual and emotional and mental torture um, to do that. And our... Our hypothesis is that most married folks, especially men, um, really don't endure that. They're going to fall into various sexual sins along the way. If they don't, they're going to be pretty damn miserable, <clears throat> and it's going to have a very negative effect on their relationship and their household and their children. I, I really, and I, I can validate that from my own experience, and Jonah validates that from his experience and and the few people that have sort of opened up to us and talked to us about it um have sort of agreed with that and, th and this is within the context of we're all validly married as far as we know uh we're all it's morally licit for us to have intimate relations with our spouses and but life being such that it is especially if you're practicing nfp there are going to be periods of abstinence in there that test every fiber of your being and your will. And for many of us, we we don't get through that unscathed. Um, and so I just think that it's, and I don't know what his life is like. Maybe maybe he'll get angry enough about this that I can get him on the show. But if if he's like any other man, he's going to struggle with this or and I don't want to make accusations, but if he's very traditionalist and has this quote-unquote marital debt attitude, maybe his spouse is just sort of there at his every beck and need. I don't know. I'm not here to make assumptions, but in my mind, I have some assumptions I'm making. But, you know, the, the idea for, for, you know, if that's the type of relationship he has, he's maybe never had to deal with real extended periods of abstinence. Certainly celibates, Joan and I have said this a number of times, if you are celibate, uh, your experience is just not the same as someone living in the same house with someone that you're, you're married to and have been intimate with. Um, they're not your sister. Uh, 
Okay. You are living with your spouse. You're living with someone that you have had an intimate, the most intimate relationship you can have with another human being. You are sharing a house with them. I even did an episode at one point in time asking if if marriage can be an occasion of sin <laughs> during those times of abstinence, because you're not moving out from each other. You're sharing a house and it can just, you know, it's a very, very difficult challenge. And for most of us, those are intermittent periods in our lives, not a lifetime of that. And so, yes, I understand what he's saying that the church says these are commandments, but in this whole idea that, well, to suggest that it's not really practical for people the Pope's word is not feasible. I think the Pope's words make perfect sense. I think it is, I don't know if I'd use that exact word, but I think I would say it's nearly impossible, even with sort of availing yourself to constant prayer and confession and sacraments. And I, I know this from my own experience. Uh, you you may never, you never may never get past some of these things. Now, is that saying that God can't change you i don't know but i i don't think i don't think that having this acknowledgement that uh based on experience and efforts and prayer uh, you know folks have never been able to move past this makes you a heretic and that you question that whether god's grace is meritorious i just think that's just theological nonsense in my opinion like i just think he's just so separated from reality that my my big beef with the folks folks like uh Taylor Marshall and um can't think of the Christopher West, those folks, isn't that they're right or wrong about things, but I think they just gloss over sometimes the enormous reality of what they're calling people to do and things that they're calling people to do that they they themselves have probably never had to endure. So anyway. I'll, um, I'll continue. Father Jesus Mary goes on. On the 5th of June, 2017, you ordered that these three sentences be published as Magisterium Authenticum in the Acta Apostolice Sedis 108, pages 1071 to 1074. Father Jesus Mary doing his homework. Facts, footnotes, citations, now here's where Father Jesus Mary says you have fallen into three heresies. This is going to begin a whole stream, a litany of heresies. Here's where Father Jesus Mary says, you have fallen into three heresies. First, rejection of the universality of the sixth commandment. The sixth commandment is thou shall not commit adultery in the Catholic enumeration. Number two, rejection of the absolute character of the sixth commandment, as listed in Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, also in the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 11 and 12. And rejection of the resolution to struggle to avoid sin, which is absolutely necessary condition for receiving the sacrament of confession, citation, Council of Trent, Doctrine on Penance, 14th session, 25th of November, 1551. And then he lists even more, a whole paragraph of citations, saying that we are called as Christians 
to avoid adultery, avoid fornication. And if we do commit those sins, it is absolutely necessary condition that we have a act of the will to avoid the occasion of sin, to avoid repeating the sin in order to receive sacramental absolution within the sacrament of penance to be reconciled to God. Okay. Um, so that's, that's the extent of what I'm going to play of his, and I'll link to his uh, podcast episode below. Um, I don't know how long the whole episode is. It's not real long, like 30, 30 minutes or something like that. So it's manageable. So, so the first two heresies had to do with the concept of adultery um, and how they, well, this priest as well as Taylor, I think, contend that the Pope's statements are heretical as they pertain to the sin of adultery and the absolute, um, the sixth commandment. So this is, this really gets to what I had. Um, I think I said at the very outset of this episode is the, is divorce and remarriage, the unforgivable sin. Um, because you can commit, the most egregious of sin. You can murder, rape, steal, have abortions, all, all those things that I think, I don't know, to me, they seem much more egregious than a, uh, a couple committing adultery in a consensual way. I'm not saying, I'm not saying adultery is okay, but it just seems to me that a couple that loves each other, and is involved in a committed intimate relationship with each other albeit not sacramentally that seems like a far less severe sin than someone who takes another person's life or does some of these very egregious things that you can go to confession i know in some dioceses like abortion you have to go to the bishop or something like that but there's a step there's a process to get right with god and move past that for for people that find themselves remarried and i think now this is this is not a blanket statement but i but i can see a lot of situations where people got married early on and it's a valid marriage but it was sort of a dumpster fire and failed because they were too young or whatever not enough um defects so to speak to warrant an annulment but certainly enough red flags to explain why the marriage failed and then they go and they get remarried and maybe they're away from the faith during this time and they fall in love and they get remarried and they start a family and then let's say say you know five years into this new marriage they're happily married they have children and they decide to come back to the faith uh you know now they're in a situation or maybe one of them comes back to the faith um and wants to sort of get right with God, so to speak. Um, they're, the, the, you know, they sort of entered into this situation, this sinful situation, at a time when they were, you know, let's say away from the faith, and now they want to resurrect their faith, but now they're in a situation that 
practically speaking, can't avoid. Um, maybe don't want to divorce. You have young children now. And so the whole issue is, well, just live as brother and sister. <laughs> well, yeah, I, again, I've talked about the difficulties of trying to live in brother as brother and sister with someone who's not your sister when you're married and you have days or weeks or months of abstinence. It's, it's, it's enormously difficult process strain on the marriage. And for many people, for many men involves sins of another nature during that time. Um, so, you know, couples in that situation can be trapped with no real good option. And yes, maybe the, the, the black letter law, the, the, the St. Alphonsus, the gory rule as well, suck it up and deal with it. Um, maybe that is, maybe that's the answer. I don't know. But I think that, I think that if that is the answer, I think it calls, it calls us to be very transparent and acknowledge the enormous burden that that couple is now taking on that probably surpasses anything most of us could ever relate to and is going to take extraordinary grace and will to go through that in a way where they're not fighting, they're not repressing feelings for each other. Joan and I have talked about that, that it's not, uh, I mean, children see if their parents are affectionate with each other or are walking around like roommates or worse fighting that's what the pope is talking about here and you are very likely um sentencing a generation of young people who had nothing to do with their parents decisions and mistakes to a, a very good possibility that they're going to grow up traumatized because their parents are living in an almost impossible situation. So I'm just saying, if we're going to hold these rules up, we need to be transparent about the enormity of what people are being asked to do. And I don't think Taylor Marshall or these other folks, I think they like to spout the rule and then say, okay, now <laughs> You're on your own, folks. I, I think that's unfair. I don't want to be that. I, that. I was once like that. I don't want to be that. I want to... I, I think God calls us to mercy and compassion and help, and I want to do my part to help people in that situation because I could imagine how difficult that would be. Second, and this one really got under my skin, um, you know, this whole idea that to... Um, to, to have a valid confession, you have to have a, a, an act of the will to not commit that sin again. You talk about despair. <laughs> and I and I talk about I'm, this is from my own experience, having struggled for for many, many years with with uh, sins that I could not seem to eradicate from my life and and maybe I still haven't it's been a while and I talked about that in other episodes thank god for my wife but i'm telling you i've 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 been to the point of despair going to confession confessing the same things over and over and over again and yeah i have a firm desire for this to be the last time but in my mind i know it's not going to be and 
you talk about now that's a different situation than someone who is let's say in a relationship that they can cannot morally be intimate with this other person but i think the circumstances for them are probably even harder cuz this couple is either going to go ahead and give into it or they're going to be masturbating or watching porn like i'm sorry like that's just the reality of it these these folks are going to be sentenced to some sort of of sin in their lives that's just the reality of it i don't think we i think we need to just be very honest with ourselves and others about it so let's say they take the route of we're never going to be intimate again like and god bless those folks i think you know, i thank the lord i'm not in that situation cuz i my heart breaks for you but in in but i'm just certain that you are going to have other sins even if it's not sexual sins let's just say or it's just maybe it's just lust like i'm just driven crazy or i'm angry all the time or maybe i start having a drinking problem or i'm all these other ways i'm i'm taking it out of my children and sinning that way like you it is absolute heroicism even then i'm not sure it's possible for someone who's in a in that type of relationship suddenly says you cannot have any intimacy with this person that you've been intimate with before just i'm just pointing that out there i'm and, and there may be that one percent of people out there that can handle it and if you can if you or someone you know is in that situation and have been quote-unquote continent um and have not struggled with any of these other sins of the flesh or whatever as a consequence of that, I would love to hear from you. But I think I think I know the answer to that. And I don't think that the Taylor Marshalls of the world um, think about that or care about that. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. We, we want to stand up for the truth. But I think that's only half. I think that's only half the problem here or half the half the calling. I think what they forget about is the mercy and sympathy. And I think that's what the Pope is trying to do here. And if that makes him a heretic, I guess that makes me a heretic too, because I my heart breaks for those people because I know from my own experience how difficult it is to be faithful um, when, it, when it comes to the flesh, even within a really good, uh, valid marriage. I can't even imagine how difficult it is if you are in a um, irregular situation where you can't do that. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, um, but I just, this rigid idea that, well, this is the truth and you're a heretic if you dare to color outside the lines at all. Uh, I just... I don't know. I, I, my heart breaks for all the people that are kind of swallowed up in that, that are either going to be living very difficult lives or going to fall into despair. I mean, crying out loud if they can't even go to confession now because the priest is going to say, well, do you firmly believe that you cannot do this again? Or like, no, it's going to happen again. Well, sorry, you can't even get, you can't even get forgiven for the last set of sins. How are those people going to have a long-term holy life of virtue? It's impossible. So anyway, that's the thing. Uh, divorce and remarriage, 
yeah, you can get out of that. You can quote unquote live like brother and sister, but you really can't. And it's just, it's just something that if you, if you find yourself in this situation, you cannot easily extract yourself from that. And if you attempt to stay in that relationship, uh, those people, in my opinion, have the most difficult task of anyone on earth to live a holy and virtuous life and get to heaven. And, and they, they deserve our, our love and prayers as much or more than our lecturing them about what is true or not. So anyway, sorry about that. Tell I'm kind of riled up today. Um, but I just, I'd love to get Taylor on the show. I know I'm just a peon uh, guy, but, uh, and, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm, but I, I think I'm closer to the way the Lord looks at this and the way that, that he is. And, uh, I would love for someone to come on and maybe show me where I'm, where I'm missing something here. So if you're in that situation, my sympathies to you, my prayers for you, if I can be of any assistance to you, reach out to me. Um, if you're comfortable talking about that on the show, I would love to have you on the show and interview you because your voice deserves to be heard as much as Taylor Marshall's. So anyway, uh, have a great weekend, everyone. And until next time, everyone have a good one.